0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We're not making that up. Those are the actual sounds of wolves. When it comes to animals that hold a special place in myths, reality, and legend in BC, the wolf is right up there on that list. They were once common all over North America, but by the early 20th century, that was a different story. I mean, that's now changing, meaning we are having more encounters and learning more about wolves than we ever knew before. Paula Wilde was working on a book about cougars when she became fascinated with wolves, which does explain her latest book, actually, <laughs> Return of the Wolf, Conflict and Coexistence. She joins us now to talk about it. Paula, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. What was it that you learned about wolves that you said, okay, that has to be my next book?
1: Well, when I was researching cougars, I Learned that when wolves were reintroduced into Yellowstone National Park, they were actually chasing cougars off their kills. And so cougars were being pushed into marginal hunting territory. And I was, became intrigued by how cougars are usually solitary animals and wolves live in packs and how cooperative they are. So that, that really intrigued me and I decided I needed to investigate further. Oh, you certainly did. Uh, do we have a lot of myths about wolves? Oh, there's a lot of myths. Um, one is that um, um, wolves kill too much food, like they'll kill prey indiscriminately. There's a myth that wolves will not attack, a healthy wolf will not attack a human. There's myths that um, wolves howl at the moon. Uh, none of those are really true.
0: Wait a minute, are you saying wolves will attack a healthy human?
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, they will.
0: Um, and well, this isn't making me feel very good about
1: this. <laughs> well, it's not something you really have to worry about. In the last 100 years, there's probably been four human deaths caused by wolves. And the, the reason there's been so few is because for most of that time, there were very few wolves. But now changes to legislation and understanding of the importance of predators in the ecosystem Wolf populations have rebounded, so interactions with humans are becoming more common. Now, there have been recent um, attacks in recent times and even deaths caused by wolves, but those were almost always due to a, a progression over time of wolves becoming comfortable around humans and expecting some kind of reward. So they, oh. they lost their fear of humans, and that's part of what my book goes into, that we need to keep wolves wild for our safety and for theirs.
0: Right. So is it like kind of like bears? We talk about that with bears as well, is that we can't let them get too used to us.
1: Exactly. Uh, wolves can be very, um, they can be curious. Uh, some wolves just seem innately bold. But in that case, you need to um, frighten them off, you know, yelling, waving your arms, maybe throwing some rocks. They can also be very interested in, they can be attracted to people with dogs because they see dogs as Intruders into their territory or as prey. Oh. And they can also be attracted to human garbage, like if campers are not careful. And they can also be, they are very attracted to human belongings. And there are wolves that are known as camp robbers. They will steal shoes, pillows, belts, underwear. Huh. And the interesting thing is that some of these wolves have been seen carrying those same items around up to a year later. So my theory is that they take these items and they see them as toys or maybe souvenirs of some type.
0: That would suggest a pretty high rate of intelligence for wolves.
1: Oh, they're very smart. Very smart. Like for years, kayakers were told, keep your food in kayaks with hard hatch covers and then it will be wolf proof. Well, Wolves have learned how to undo the buckles and slide those hatch covers open. So now, really? Yeah, everybody's supposed to keep their food in a uh, food safe. And if there isn't one provided at the campground, then they're supposed to use an old fashioned bear hang.
0: Wow. Okay. How is the health of the wolf population these days?
1: I would say um, in BC, it's generally pretty healthy, and uh, wolf populations are increasing. So I yeah I would say it's pretty healthy.
0: And some of those myths that you talked about wolves? Like, where does that come from? And I jokingly said to Paula before we started, let me guess, the movie The Grey? And you said, yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, that's, a lot of people have um, misconceptions about wolves and they get them from movies, uh, fairy tales. I talked to one man that said um, his father was born and raised in Italy and he was always told as a small child, when you get out of school, run home as fast as you can or the big bad wolf will get you. And, um, you know, that, that could could have been true at that time. There could have been wolves around. So w- these myths are passed down through generations.
0: Right. Is it safe to say then that you said the wolf population is pretty good? That it has rebounded from a hundred years ago?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um Even in the uh 60s or 70s, there was really no wolves on Vancouver Island and no wolves in certain parts of BC. Now the government estimates there's about 250 on Vancouver Island and between 5,300 and a little over 11,000 on the mainland. But I mean, it's pretty hard to count wolves. So Nobody why really. Why is that? Well, they're just, they're out there. They're always moving around. It's, um, it's pretty hard to count any wildlife.
0: Can you describe a wolf's, like, their, what is their personality? Are they sociable amongst themselves? Like, do they, they travel in packs? Like, what are they like?
1: Yes, they're um, pack animals, and they usually live in family groups. So that's the breeding pair or the dominant pair. And then they would have their young pups of the year. Possibly there would be uh, pups from the previous year, So yearlings, there might even be an aunt and uncle, maybe a grandparent or a wolf or two from another pack that they've allowed to join. They all work together. Their goal each year is to raise the pups, you know, so they all cooperate in hunting and looking after the pups. And they have each wolf has a distinct personality. There's clowns, troublemakers, flirts, uh, strong leaders, good fighters, you know, they're just like people. Each one has a personality. This
0: sounds like they have quite a complete societal structure.
1: Oh, they do. They definitely do. The breeding pair are um, the leaders of the pack. They're like the mom and dad, and they keep everybody in line. And um, they can be quite vigorous in their discipline. But, yeah, they do have a real society.
0: How hard is it to get up close to these wolves, to these creatures, and, and study them?
1: Um, You know, a lot of researchers um, can sort of insinuate themselves into a uh, wolf habitat and the wolves will become used to them and then they can study them. But in a way, that's a good opportunity to learn about wolves, but it also leads to the possibility of them becoming habituated to people, you know, and... uh, as far as I know, no researchers feed wolves, but that's not to say that the next hiker that comes along won't do so either on purpose or inadvertently.
0: Right, which is a bad idea.
1: Exactly.
0: What is it that you would like people to know about wolves?
1: Well, that they're very complex, intelligent, social creatures, and that um, they're of very important part of a balanced ecosystem. And one of the things that really surprised me was how they communicate uh, within their own species and with other creatures. Like they they have relationships with ravens, cougars, bears. Um, and it was just really fascinating to find out about those dynamics.
0: And what is their relationship with ravens?
1: Well, uh, ravens follow wolves in order to scavenge their prey, but it's also believed that ravens will lead wolves to prey.
0: In a way, because they would like to scavenge what's left, so they'll yes. make the wolves do the hard
1: work. Exactly, oh, exactly. That is so fascinating. And ravens need wolves actually to kill something and rip it open so that they can access it. Ravens aren't really able to uh, penetrate a tough hide on an adult ungulate. So, so it's a yeah, it's a very interesting relationship. But on the other hand, scientists have estimated that. Ravens can steal up to forty-four pounds of meat a day. What? Yeah.
0: So wolf that's your next book, Paula. I think that's (laughs) it. You gotta write about ravens now. That's fascinating. It would be tempting. (laughs) It would be. I could I feel like we could talk to you all afternoon, but Paula, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. That's Paula Wilde. The book is called Return of the Wolf Conflict and Coexistence. Oh, if you love nature books, and I know there's so many people out there who do, I think you'll really, really enjoy this one.